Hey guys, this is Steve. This is episode 110, 110 episodes. We're interviewing this week the city manager of Dania Beach, Anna Garcia. You know, when I get these, the preliminary information about the interviewee, sometimes there's a lot of really good information. Sometimes I just get the cut and paste of the website or whatever. And is a busy woman. And all I got on this one was the cut and paste from the website. And I was like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And then some of her things were kind of generic and plain, building great teams, aligning your values. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a tough one. It wasn't. Anna was amazing. She's smart. She's strong. She's a tough woman. She knows her business. She handles herself, her staff, and her city with integrity and focus. Probably one of the most well-read people I've ever interviewed or probably have ever met. She was phenomenal and fantastic, and I just cannot say enough about Anna Garcia. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I record taping it. Greetings, I'm Steve Van Core, and this is the FCCMA Podcast, a service produced by and for the Florida City and County Management Association. I'm your host. And each episode, we interview a city or a county leader who's in a position to share interesting and useful insights into the operations of local government here in the Sunshine State. Now, if you have someone you would like to nominate as a guest on the podcast, you can simply email me at svancore, S-V-A-N-C-O-R-E, at Vancore Jones Communications, or you can message FCCMA on Facebook. Now, I want to start with a trivia question, a trivia question that I did not know the answer to, and I bet you Lynn Tipton would know. The oldest city in Broward County is Dania Beach. And our guest today is the city manager of Dania Beach, Anna Garcia. Anna, thank you for being on today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So you were giving me a little bit of a history and you said Dania was at one point part of what was then Dade County. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I guess and everything south, Hollywood, et cetera, was also part of Dade County. I, I, I don't know about Hollywood and Hallandale, but I do know about Dania Beach because our, our mayor, A.J. Ryan, gave me this amazing book um, because he's a historian. And it's a century of pioneering spirit, the history of Dania Beach. And when I was reading it, I it was I found it so interesting that Dania Beach used to be part of, of Miami-Dade County. And here I am, a Miami-Dade County girl, having my, my best time working in this great city. <laughs> and you commute from near Coral Gables every day up to Dania Beach. I do. I, I commute from the South Miami Coral Gables area. And um, but it's such a great ride. And I just I just love working here. And um, it's just been a tremendous blessing. What do you like the most about it? I love it that I am able to um, have the support, unanimous support of our elected officials. Um, and we've been able to pass our budgets unanimously. And, and the vision that they have for the city is aligned with my vision for the city. So it's it's effortless when the whole team, the the, the legislative body and the executive body is aligned. Wow. You know, in in. This is our 110th episode, and that's a rarity. You know, now in, in today's day, we we live in a little bit more of a divided 
um, culture. People are uh, tend to be highly partisan and at each other's throats. It's really nice to see that you've got a unified team now. Did they come that way? Have you helped nurture that? Have you set any any secrets or ideas or concepts of how you get a unified commission? Because that seems to be the kind of the drumbeat of a lot of folks is folks coming to the commission, not through government, not through local service, but as I jokingly say, from MSNBC or Fox News and think their job is to fight. What have you done to help help nurture a, a kind of a unified spirit? Well, like you said, there, there is so much division out there um, that as I've gotten older and and certainly wiser, um, I, I have taken what I have seen that is negative and and said to myself, what can I do to bring the team together in spite of what's happening around us? Um, so so basically what I've done in my past two municipalities, my past two cities is um, we basically rolled up our sleeves. Um, we were able to engage with a, a, a really amazing facilitator. And we spend hours and hours and hours together on, on many a Saturdays um, putting together our strategic plan um, that had um, our mission and our vision and our priorities. And that was unanimously adopted. So, so we have a game plan. We're not shooting from the hip. So whatever differences our elected officials may have at the end of the day, very gently, I'm able to steer him back to the vision of that strategic plan and what our priorities are. And we 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 talk about that we don't want to be that city that brings drama. We want to be that city that is a rising star and an, an example because we are Broward's first city. So yeah, everything... You talked about alignment uh, when we were doing the pre-interview of, of your staff, and I, I hadn't thought about it at the time. It's by having a strategic plan and, and getting the commission to have an open conversation about that. Then once you have that plan, you can hold that up and say, if somebody says, hey, I want to go do this, say, wait a second, guys, we have our plan. This is our strategic plan. This is the, this is the roadmap. Let's stay on the roadmap, right? And that's what we do. I mean, th th there's been so many cities um, that I've been part of, or, or even cities that my, my colleagues are part of, and they're basically, you know, in a ship without a compass, without direction, shooting from the hip, you know, um, if this resident wants this or this one wants that. But at the end of the day, if, if you have that playbook with all your plays and, and you have that game plan um, and that vision and that mission, um, we can deviate once in a while because things happen. I mean, whether it's a hurricane or COVID, we have learned that that being able to pivot is 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 um is something that we all need to be able to possess. But right. at the end of the day, we pivot, we get things done, but we come back to the to the playbook and to that strategic plan. You know, it's funny when you talk about planning, you you often hear that you know, that criticism, uh, the the Mike Tyson quote, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. But I do believe. To your point, if you have a plan and you get it's inevitable, you'll get punched in the mouth. But it's there's always something to go back to or to deviate from with intent. Right. In other words, this was our plan. We were all aligned here. Well, we have to divert. And we so it's easier to divert together when you have to when you start with, with a good plan. Now, you talked about one of your one of your priorities in, in government is building teams. Now, I want to I want to deep dive on that for a second, because. You know, in the private sector, so I run two small businesses, right? I can hire and fire anybody I want. 
I can give them raises. I, I have all the tools in the tool chest of management. But when you're a city manager, you don't have all those tools. It's harder to fire somebody who's a government employee. It's harder to hire somebody to be in that position. You can't just meet somebody and go, I really like that guy. I'm going to hire him tomorrow. You have to go through a process. So the tools in the tool chest are a little more limited. What do you do when you say building a good team? How does Anna Garcia, the city manager of Dania Beach, what are some of the steps you take to build a good team? Well, it, it starts with me as, as the leader. Um, it starts with me um, as the example. And um, for me, you know, I grew up during an era where I watched Coach Don Shula build the, the Miami Dolphins. I've heard of him. Right. You've he heard was of pretty him. good, right? He was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought he and, was good. And I remember, I remember as as a kid watching the the Miami Dolphins and 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 their perfect season. I also remember as a kid because my dad's favorite team was the Los Angeles Dodgers watching Tommy Lasorda and how he embraced his players, how he even hugged them and and and, and how he, you know, aligned his words with with action. So I guess from a very, you know, young age I was so involved in teams and saw so many great examples of of coaches that I always said to myself, you know, when I become who I become, I know it's going to be part of a team, whether I'm part of the team or leading that team, there needs to be a certain culture. And our our culture here in, in Dania Beach is called RISE. And RISE stands for respect, integrity, and a standard of excellence. And it's this eagle um, and, and, and we have that, and it's a contract that I have with the city and all our employees have with the city. And it's, it's very visible in every department in the hallways. And, um, it's, it's, it's like a policy. We you said something have- I, which I really like, you know, you talk about, you got to set a good example. That's clearly one, right? Yes. You got to be the one that's in the office reliably every day, treating other people with respect, uh, how you comport your businesses, how you lead. But when you talk, we talked again before about I'm fascinated in in a very, very positive way. I must say I'm fascinated by the diversity of culture. I I grew up near New York City, so I was used to, you know, my best friend growing up. One was from Albania. One was from Puerto Rico. I can't think of two countries more different than Puerto Rico. Right. Right. And, And Broward is like that. It's got this, you know, the county claims that they can answer the phone in 99 languages, the supervisor of elections uh, sends out ballots in three different languages. The diversity is astonishing. And you said something that I, I found pretty inspirational about when you're building your team. And you said, I've got somebody on my team from France. I got somebody from the Caribbean. But you said they, they have aligned values. Talk a, talk a little bit about the things they have in common, which is what you use to unify them versus the things that are differences. There are so many sp- you know, languages that, that are spoken here, English, Spanish, French, Creole, you name it. But at the end of the day, you know, English might be their second language, but their first language that everybody here speaks is um, service-oriented, um, is, is we are all public servants, and we're all here because we have, you know, uh, a goal and we have a, a common calling and that is to deliver, you know, services to, to our community and to take care of our people. So the differences in our languages and, and where we come from is secondary to what unites us. And that is our, our, our values and our desire 
to to be here for the people. You said that everybody wants the same thing. We all want to be respected. We all want to be appreciated for the work we do. And is that part of your your team building concept to say, look, I can't give everybody a raise every time they do a good job. I can't just hand out bonuses, you know, periodically, but I can hand out respect. I can hand out uh, accolades. I can say, Joe, at a team meeting, you did a really good job on on that project. Um, do you what what tools are in your tool chest, Anna, that you deploy to keep that team unified and focused? There, there are so many tools that we use. Um, um, I believe in books and I believe in, in, in praise. Um, praise, um, is, is free. Um, acknowledging people doesn't really cost anything. Um, listening to people, um, taking the time to speak with Willie, the, the janitor, just like I do when I speak to, to my mayor, um, I came from working class parents. I mean, I came to this country when I was six years old and um, and my parents worked in in, in factories. So, um, you know, we we were poor. And one thing that my mom always told me is never forget where you come from. And respect is is something that. Should be a great value and respect you is something that that you give. And it comes back to you and it doesn't matter who you're dealing with. You know, sometimes I'm dealing with with a homeless individual and I have to be um, very, very respectful as I would be with any of my employees um, and, and compassionate as well. Basically, you know, I try to treat others how I would want to be treated. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's 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 really very simple to live by that. Well, if it's if it's part of your core values and you and you transfer that to your employees and and tell them that's also what's expected of them, that does. I mean, I'm I'm always impressed with good leaders who can transform an organization simply by being uh, a good leader and setting a, a very good example. And you brought up uh, something that's really astonishing to me. You're right, giving praise when praise is due. Correct. It doesn't cost you anything, but yet we give it out like it's like our last nickel. And I'm blown away by that because on the receiving end, I am so motivated when somebody says nice things to me about the work we've done uh, or good job, well done. Hey, I really appreciated you doing that. It doesn't cost that person anything, but yet so many managers just don't do that. And I... I if if I could give, give a one thing from this this podcast to our listeners, give out praise. Now, don't just everybody you see, hey, great job, great suit. False praise doesn't help. But when somebody does a good job, someone shows up a little early to get started on a project, step in and hey, I saw you came in a little early today. Thank you so much. I saw you stayed late last night. Really appreciate you doing that. Uh, and your team appreciates that as well. People love that, and it really does motivate them. I mean, if you can't give them a Ten percent increase in you know because budget constraints, whatever, they'll stay if they're being respected and given praise when they do good things. Well, you hit the you hit the nail on the head when you talked about being aware. Um, I, I I'm a person that's that's very aware. Um, I make sure that that my HR director um, here in in my phone every day a different birthday pops up. So whether it's a department director or a deputy director, or one of my managers or one of my supervisors, one of the folks on the field, um, 
just acknowledging people's birthday, such a simple thing to do by sending somebody a text or sending somebody an email, um, listening to people. When, when I, when I speak to, for example, my code manager, Eric, and, um, and I, and I know that he's coaching his son. I said, you know, I would say to him, how's your boy doing? How did he do this weekend? You know, how's he hitting? What's his batting average? So, you know, engaging with people is extremely important. And and when people see that it's genuine, um, they just love it. Uh, just, just coming up to my office earlier today, I ran into several employees and it's like, thank you for, for everything that you're doing. Thank you for the beautiful landscaping. Um, you know, Hey, you guys are keeping our, our fleet very clean. Thank you. Um, and, and the return on that investment has been what has made my career so rewarding and and so significant and so well, successful. And, yeah, and it goes to the city manager's heart of of service and service first. And you and I think you you bring up an interesting point and a very important one. It can't just be praise for the sake of praise. No, it has to be real. It has to be authentic. And you know, I I could hear you know I, I could envision a listener thinking, well, but you know, what what if? Well, make it authentic. You know, make it part of you who you are. Make it part of your service because your service isn't just to the constituents, your service is to the people who serve those constituents and your leadership uh, in that regard does make a difference. Now, when you live, and I want to touch on this in two ways, when you live and serve in a very multicultural area, I I often call, I got a call one time about why is Florida so crazy? It was Time Magazine was doing a big story on, you know, Florida man and all that stuff. And the lady said, and by the way, uh, uh, punchline reveal, my quotes never made it into the story because they didn't fit her narrative, which is Florida right. crazy. So we're not crazy. So let me tell you what it is. If you look in the early 1900s, late 1800s, New York City was a melting pot. Then it was California. Now Florida is the new melting pot. And what you're looking at is like wave pools when, you know, there's this turbulence and this cultural turbulence in Florida. You had, a you know, mass migration in of Cubans then you have Puerto Ricans then you have Mexicans then you have the people from South America and you have people from Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York coming down. And it's a little bit of this cultural blending and it can be fun. It can be uh, energizing. And I think the energizing is the most important part. But sometimes there can be cultural conflicts. Uh, and, I, and, and, and that's a good thing, you know, but those conflicts get to be worked out over time. So in, in, when you live in Dania, you're kind of ground zero for all that. Now, uh, you talk about aligning your staff that come from very different uh, places. How do you how do you manage and deal with some of that? People come from very diverse backgrounds. How do you how do you bring them and make them a team? You know, like Don Shula probably had guys from you know all different walks of life, but he made them a team. What's the Anna Garcia secret for making them a team? The Anna Garcia secret for making them a team is one mission, one one director, one direction. Um, politics. We keep politics out of city hall. Um, like you say, we have enough of that in 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 in, in CNN and in Fox. Um, there's so much out there, and including social media, that 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 the purpose and and the mission is to divide. Our purpose here is centered around: we are public servants. We have a job to do. Let's be the best at doing this job, and the satisfaction that comes from aligning our words with action and ensuring that that our mission here every day um, and the objectives of, of that mission are 
are delivered. And and when and when you focus on that and and the deliverables, it 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 organically brings us together because there's so much that needs to be achieved. Um, and at the same time, if you mix that with a little bit of, of attention and, and personalizing things, if I have a conversation with an employee or with a team member and they tell me what team they love or where they're for, or, or they're from New York, um, I will never forget that. And it, it, it impresses people when you remember things about them. And and that yeah. is something. Well, that, that goes to the respect thing, right? You know, you're yes. not an invisible number on the team. I mean, it sounds very Stephen Covey-ish, right? You know, what's the bright spot on the wall? The bright spot on the wall is to make this a great city. We're all in it. Or, you know, to use another sports metaphor, you know, if you're rowing, everybody's, you got to know what the destination is and you all row in that direction. So, I guess what you're saying is instead and of- And I like it, by the way, excuse, yeah, me, excuse sure. me for interrupting you. I love Stephen Covey. I mean, the, you know, the, the foundation of, of his message is, is, is really outstanding. I mean, I, and I spoke to you earlier about books. I mean, I have several ones here, whether it's, it's Good to Great from, by Jim Collins or The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick um, Lencioni, because you also have to address- when the team is not functioning and and as great as i love to promote or to hire great people i also have to dismiss individuals at times and and that's the the difficult and the challenging part but it's also part of my responsibility so when the team is not gelling or there are problematic people or, or people that are not aligned with this mission that's all about the service that we have to deliver to our people in the best way then they got to go can you share an example of when the team was disaligned and you had to kind of make some changes or or take some steps and some actions to get the team back in alignment? Well, sometimes it's when when you first come into a city, um, and 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 sometimes it's not even about getting rid of a person, but it's about are their strengths aligned with um, their position? Like for example, this book Strengths Finders. You know, we we we've been taught, hey, you know, let's work on our weaknesses. But when I read that book about 10 or 15 years ago, I was fascinated about, hey, wait a minute, we don't need to change this individual because he's got these great strengths. And maybe in this position, he's not a good fit. But look at what a great fit he is. Um doing this other job and this other task that maybe doesn't require him um to have to be a leader but it requires him to be detailed oriented or a great writer or someone that can work independently. So those are the things that, that I have found. Now, you also have those individuals that don't bring a level of integrity. Um, people can make mistakes and I can- yeah, There understand. are core values, right? If, if, if right. someone's disaligned, like they're better at one subject area than the other, and you're like, you know, this person's mismatched in their job finding the right job for them and then, you know, fitting that whole works, but, but you, you touch on it. They, they don't have integrity. They don't share your basic core values. Is that fixable? It, to me, integrity is, I don't know if, if that's something that you could just get better at un, unless maybe you've realized I've, I've, I, I've made some mistakes, but 
when it comes to to um, fiduciary things, um, you know, um, theft and 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 dishonesty, um, those are things that 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 we just cannot you know forgive and forget. It's not like you know somebody came in late to a meeting or or or, or some you know somebody well, they made a mistake or they made a mistake or dropped the ball in an assignment. Right. So you know, my dad was like that. I mean, I'll never forget. You know, one time somebody bounced a check to my dad and he was livid because m m my dad, you know, in, in his greatest year, my mom and my dad combined made $19,000 in, in 1979. But my dad balanced his checkbook to the penny and he he was, you know, always so aware and so respectful. Um, so I learned I learned integrity at a very, very early age. You know, we have a big responsibility when we're when we're taking care of of other people and 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 other people's things and taxpayers things yeah that's true you talked about we we interviewed a gentleman named Sam Silverstein a few episodes ago and you know it was interesting cuz during the interview i thought there was a lot of pablum but then all of a sudden i started to realize his brilliance was in, in several areas and one of the things that you you keep sort of alluding to it so i want to kind of illuminate it is about alignment of with uh, aligning values, you know, with actions. In other words, hey, we're family oriented. Eh, someone gets pregnant, you fire them. <laughs> someone gets pregnant, you say, you need to be back in two weeks. Well, you're not showing the sacrifice that that value conveys. And uh, you've talked a lot, you've ref referenced it that you have to align, and I wrote down, align your words with actions. Illuminate that for me, Anna. Tell me what you mean by that. Okay, you know how I how I communicated to you that my people and and my team is the most important thing um, that 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 I have what what I value the most because without them, I I cannot do what I'm supposed to do and it's deliver all these services to to our community. So when we were um, <clears throat> negotiating with with our union. Um, we were also checking our finance um, director and our HR director. Um, what's the CPI? Um, because I don't have to tell you that we're dealing with a, with, with great in, in inflation and and the cost of living was going up. So um, I, I have to be able to look at what is fair. But aligning my words with action when I tell the elected officials and and when they have embraced this in our adopted strategic plan of retaining and recruiting the very best. So if we want to retain and recruit the very best, and I'm telling you that I value my people, well, what's the result of that? Well, we we have- The really good point, yeah. We yeah. we have, we passed unanimously, all five elected officials supported our recommendation of a three-year contract um, with, with our union um, of eight and, eight and a half percent, 7% and 6%. Eight and a half percent in 2022, seven percent in 2023, and six percent in 2024. So when that when I talk to you about aligning words with action, now we can make we can we we are constantly raising the bar on our people, but we're also investing greatly in our people. I love that because what you're saying is. You know, you can't sit up at a staff meeting and say, I love you guys. I respect you guys. I'm going to fight for you guys. And then go to the city council meeting and they say, well, 
you know, what are you going to do? And thought, well, you know, you say, well, we got to keep a line on taxes and we got to keep our taxes low. So we're recommending no raises. And, and that disalignment, and when you go back to the staff meeting, they may be smiling at you, taking vigorous notes, looking happy, but in, deep down inside, they're like, thanks a lot. Uh, you say you love me, but you weren't willing to make a sacrifice for me. You weren't willing to take a chance on me. And then what you find, and you tell me if this is true, you reduce turnover, you reduce the cost of training, you reduce vacancies, and you end up having a more high-performance city which leads to happier taxpayers. And am I getting the equation? You 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 are absolutely right. Another thing that that we did, um, and 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 there was a silver lining in COVID, believe it or not, because we realized that we could still get things done. And somebody, you know, at eleven thirty can throw in a load of laundry. Um, we looked at at other cities because we knew between the 31 cities in in in, in Broward County and the other 33, 34 in Miami Dade, you know, we're competing with 65, 70 cities in in a small metropolitan area that is South oh, Florida. So, and that's so you're also looking at being competitive against, you know, you don't want Pompano Beach to seal your parks manager. Without a doubt, I want to steal theirs. <laughs> I mean, respectfully, but but we're also dealing with with the private sector, right? So then we took a step back and I, I looked at other cities and and what they were doing, um, and and not just in Florida, but nationally and internationally. As as I told you earlier, I, I love to travel and I love to read. So um, I, I had a conversation with the team, and and then I took it to the elected officials, and I said, you know, we would like to have city hall closed on Friday. We we want to be able to work from home on Friday. We want to be competitive with our neighbor down the street that that also closes on 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 Friday. And and again, we we looked at the strategic plan. We looked at, you know, recruiting and retaining the very best. So we we passed this this really, you know, outstanding three-year contract that, you know, for, for a unit that trickled down to the rest of the team. And, and our elected officials were, were, were so supportive and unanimously they supported us closing city hall. So we all work from home on, on Friday. Really? So, yeah. So these are the things that, that we just continue to do for our people. And we want the alignment that we're talking about. You, you, we value our people and then you've got to show that value, yes. right? You can't yes. just say it and let it sit out there. So, well, we've said it a hundred times that we value our people. No, you got to say it and then live it and show it. And if it means in the, the inconvenience and the convenience of working at home, right? Um, the the pushing for pay raises, the pushing for stability, better training. You know, we, we, like in our office, I tell my staff, we value your education. We yes. value you constantly being, everybody in my office has a master's degree or more. and it's a standing thing. If you see a great course uh, or a webinar or a conference you want to go to improve your skills, just go do it. Give me the bill. Don't worry about it. You have to live um, those values. Um, gosh, I told you it would only be 30 minutes. We're already at 35. But I want to I ask you, what are you reading? What, what are you reading now? And you're going to tell me three different books. I guarantee it. Well, yeah, I, there, there's a couple of <laughs> books. And, 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 I just finished reading this little book called a, a message to Garcia. It, it, it's a book that, um, that my, um, my ex mayor, um, from North Miami beach brought to my attention. I kid you not. The book is super small. It's like, it's like 30 pages. Um, and, and it's, it, it's a very quick read, but 
it it just goes back to the simplicity of there's a task at hand and someone needs to do it and how this individual do, during um you know a very very challenging time was able to deliver that message to to Garcia um and and he didn't ask well can't somebody else do it or this is not in in my my job description or or how am i going to get there and you know and and it, it just goes back to the foundation of um those great team members that understand the task and what needs to be done and they're just excited and passionate about doing it. Um, you know, it's I, funny. I remember you, you referenced uh, sports. I remember being a kid in Little League. And I was terrible, by the way, in baseball. <laughs> and the coach said, there are two types of outfielders. Those that say out there and go, man, I hope they don't hit the ball to me. And those that say, man, hit me the ball. And it sounds like what you're saying is you want to bring people onto your team that say, man, hit me the ball. Give me that responsibility. I'll take care of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me the ball. Let me be the one to go up to bat with two outs in the bottom of the nine or give me the basketball. If we're down by one and there's two seconds left and um, and I'll kick a field goal. Yeah. And you'll mean, forget long, long <laughs> <laughs> but but those are the those are the team members that 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 we have here. And and I read a lot of books, but I also underline them and I go back to a lot of them. And and one that I go back to a lot is the Steve Jobs book. Um, it's it's not as skinny as a message to Garcia that's 30 pages, because this book actually has uh in excess of 600 pages. But is that it, the one that just, was written right after he died? Yes, yes. And he had to approve it. So it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. But there's a lot of bad in there. I was up, I'm yeah. surprised he approved it because I mean, I remember thinking this was the Thomas Edison of this generation. Yeah. And the first thing people did is poop all over this guy's head. I'm like, give me a break. Okay, he was an asshole. Okay, I get it. You know, but he brought us how how we make movies, how we listen to music, how we compute. I mean, transformative. Well, you know. It, People criticized other people sometimes based on 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 what they hear. Um, and again, whether it's social media or whether it's the news, but when when you're able to to take the time and read these 600 pages and 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 see a different side of this individual, mm -hmm. um, his attention to detail and painstaking. Yeah. I mean how he worked from his garage and how he lost jobs, right? But how he dusted himself off and, and you know, and was asked to come back to the same company that he was fired from. But when you look at the iPhone or the iPad, and for me, this is like my, my computer, my, my dictionary, and, you know, maybe his personality wasn't great. But the time that he took and those details that did attention to detail that I always discuss with my team. So whether you're studying a playbook um, and, and you're part of that perfect season and, and that team um, and part of that perfect season in, a, in, in, in that year in 1972, a lot of bad things happen because when 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 your starting quarterback goes down in the beginning of the season with a broken leg. And your backup is this 40-year-old man. Earl Morrill was the backup 
to um, Bob Greasy, and they didn't miss a beat. So that's another part of our team that I'm extremely proud of is succession planning and that we have a deep bench. So if I'm here or or I'm not here, my deputy manager, it, it's such a smooth, seamless transition. Um, like I told you, I take my vacations. I will die with zero vacation days. I will retire <laughs> with zero vacation days. And for the record, you'll break someone's legs if you have to. Hey, no, 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 I know. No, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. But if somebody does break a leg, you know what? There'll be somebody else to, to step in and we won't miss a beat. That's really, that 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 cross-training is critical. Well, let me ask you one last question because um, we already touched on something cool about Dania, which is, I did not know, was part of Broward and uh, it's the oldest city in Broward. Where are you traveling to next? I'm I'm going to be going to um, Australia and New Zealand in November, and that is our seventh continent. Um, Australia. When I set foot, you know, in Australia um, at the end of November, it'll be my seventh continent. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about about that. Um, that it's it was part of my goal, and um, I just can't wait to see Australia, New Zealand. I have a friend of mine that's that lives in New Zealand. Wow. Um, that I'm going to be able to spend some time with her as well, too. In all your travels, you know, sometimes you leave and then you come back. Are there any tidbits you can take back and you go, you know, um, I learned something about my job, about where I live, um, that you took from another country. So anything you'd like to share about, about your travels, how they've enhanced or improved your ability to be a good city manager? Absolutely. Well, twofold. When When you travel and you truly disconnect, you're able to refuel. That's why you don't have basketball season year round or football season or baseball season. So for me, I work at a, at a very high level of energy and, and, and I bring a, a, a lot of passion to my team and I, I lead by example. So I have to bring that, that energy and that passion. So when, when I take time off and I disconnect and I travel, I come back refreshed and energize. Um, and many times I'm able to see things in, in, in other cities um, that reminds me of how fortunate we are to live in, in the United States of, of America. And I also see things that, I, that, that I've seen in, in other cities, for example, like London or Paris, um, that, that I can incorporate in my cities, you know, creating, you know, walkability and, and, and plazas and opportunities for people to, to meet and gather. Look at, look at New York. Mayor Bloomberg goes to Italy, comes back and he says, they have piazzas, you know, these open plazas. We're going to put them in New York, closes off Times Square. People lost their minds. And now can you imagine saying tomorrow, we're going to open up Times Square to traffic. People would riot in the streets. And now New York City is one of the most bicycle. People think I'm crazy. We go to Manhattan once a year and we bike everywhere. And people are like, that's crazy. No, there's bike lanes, there's bike paths, there's separated areas. You just don't see them because you're in the car or you're just walking through Times Square. But he, by traveling overseas, he saw how you can transform a super high density urban area into a very, very bike friendly city. And so, yeah, you can, you can definitely take away things when you, when you go somewhere else and get some, some fresh ideas. Absolutely. We're very excited about art in public places that we're bringing here to, to Dania beach, art and entertainment district. Um, we're, we're investing 50 million in, in, in parks. Um, wow, green fantastic. It, you know, it, a lot of the things that I've learned, I've learned from books, 
but I've also been blessed to be able to travel um, and 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 see many great cities and many great places. Um, and and every city has an opportunity to learn good things from other places. That's fantastic. Anna Garcia, city manager of Deer. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that's a lot further north. Yeah. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for being on. I really very much appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Fantastic. Take care. Folks, this is Steve Van Core, and this is the FCC Made Podcast, a service produced by and for the Florida City and County Management Association. If you have a question you'd like to submit or a future guest you'd like to recommend, simply send me an email at svancore at vancorejones.com. Thank you so much for being with us.